the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Gilio, and this is indeed the Nick D podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. How are you? It's episode 28. It is a Friday, and we're getting ready for uh, a spring weekend. If you're here in Chicago, apparently, tomorrow, Saturday, it's supposed to be in the 80s. And then Tuesday, 45 for a high. <laughs> yeah, man. Chicago. Hello. Hey, it is Nick DiGilio, and this is the Nick D Podcast. And coming up on the show, I'm so excited to say hello again to my old friend Jen Bosworth Ramirez. Jen, you might remember as um, an actress, a storyteller, a writer, a fill-in host at WGN Radio, and a frequent guest on my old WGN show. Well, she and her lovely husband, Miles, who is the biggest, who is the biggest uh, fan of mine, uh, maybe ever, um, they lived in Chicago, and she was part of the art scene, and I had her on the show, and she was very entertaining and actually filled in a bunch of times on WGN. Um, and then a bunch of assholes took over that station um, and have ruined it. If you've turned it on now, you may vomit within 15 minutes of listening to it. Uh, but Jen uh, was a frequent uh, fill-in, but that, that stopped. And then, uh, you know, all other good things at that station stopped, including Jen not being part of it. Uh, and then uh, they moved to L.A., uh, Jen and Miles, and Jen's doing some really interesting stuff out there. Uh, she spent a good portion of her life, not a good portion of her life, but a chunk of her, her life uh, in L.A. before working for Nicolas Cage. And I thought since this new stupid Nicolas Cage movie is out, I'll give you a review of it, uh, this, um, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which I saw, and it's a piece of shit. Um, uh, we'll talk about that and her live adventures, her real-life adventures with Nicolas Cage. So uh, my wonderful friend Jen Bosworth Ramirez is going to join me. Plus, of course, Esmeralda Leon is here. Esmeralda and I, uh, in the past, have both bartended. We have made our uh, made some money and made a living while bartending. And we have some uh, crazy bartending stories that are real and habits that uh, people have when they're drinking that are shitty and that bartenders hate. We're going to talk about that and much more. Uh, and also my girlfriend here. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. I, I know. Hi, I'm Carrie I Russell, know. and I love Nick's show. Thank you. Hello, Carrie Russell. I really do. Oh, I love her. Hey, if you want to be a part of the Nick D Podcast, we want you to call us. We want you to email us. We want you to leave messages, both voicemails and emails, anytime, all the time that you want. We get a bunch of them. We love them. We read them all. We hear them all. We play many of them on the, uh, on, the, uh, on the episodes, and we read many of them on the episodes, your voicemails and your emails. Please, uh, we really want you to uh, be a part of it. So please leave a voicemail right now, 773-417-6948, 888-417-6948. 
drop us an email anytime, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And rate and review us on any platform when you check us out. Rate, review, like, subscribe, share, all of that stuff that you're supposed to do. And my thanks to Jason Skaggs for that wonderful theme that you heard. And uh, you're about to hear another Jason Skaggs composition, composure. He has great composure, (laughs) great composition uh, in just a second. And then right after we uh, listen to this wonderful uh, composition and welcome you officially to the Nick D Podcast, Jen Bosworth Ramirez will be joining me to catch up on all things fun and Nicolas Cage related as well. But check this fantasticness out. Welcome to the episode. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackal. All right, I'm very excited uh, to say hello once again to my old friend who was a regular visitor to my uh, old program there at WGN and, in fact, did some, as I mentioned before, uh, did some uh, fill-in work uh, as a host on WGN as well. Uh, Writer, performer, all-around great gal, Um, and I want to welcome her officially for the first time to the Nick D Podcast. I couldn't be more thrilled. It's Jen Bobsworth Ramirez. Hi, Jen. Hi. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. This is like a dream come true. When you launched, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go on um, Nick's new podcast. So congratulations. Well, Look what thanks. you did. Thanks. Well, I couldn't do it without the Radio Misfits. Uh, it's this incredible uh, podcast network with like a ton, an insane variety of really cool, crazy, awesome podcasts. And uh, my friend yeah. Ed, my friend Ed runs the whole deal. And uh, as soon as I met Ed, I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna fit." And I, when I found out that that it was called the Radio Misfits, I, was I like, know it's yeah, <laughs> yeah it's perfect. I it's perfect. I yeah, it is. So, but no, and thank we're you. So we, happy. We're. I mean, I got a lot of feedback, and we we apparently have a lot of subscribers. So I'm very very happy about that. Oh, that is like a dream come true to someone who has loved your shows and missed you so much and um it really is like we were just waiting my husband and i you know my husband miles who's in love with you i know i mean he's been in love with you (laughs) since you did a play at the factory i believe in 1998 Uh when was alive wait when was alive Alive. jesus that was before i was 94 that is when but it ran that, but it ran a long time so he could yeah. have seen it it ran for almost uh, three years so I, whatever and it, it was the 90s when my husband fell in love with you and then when I met him was like you have to start listening to the show and I did and and I'm so glad you're back like I think so many people missed you so much and they kept wondering when you were gonna do this yeah it was a dark time Jen I mean, you know I, I know. mean it was it was a dark time getting canned after 35 years by uh, people who, by especially by people who don't know what the fuck they're doing that was essentially well it's a it was sort of like um uh horrible and they seem like awful human beings so oh they go. are oh yeah. trust me they, yeah. it's not really they because there are there are people there that are in oh. management positions particularly uh, uh, there was there's one woman who's getting who had gotten a lot of beat a lot of flack 
for my yeah. firing, and it wasn't her decision. And I and uh, I still I, I don't I don't talk to her, you know. But right, right. I, I I she gets a lot of the flack, and it was one guy in particular. It was just one jag off in particular that that, and then a whole bunch of jag offs who are ruining the station. But let's not get into that. But that's no. how you got to do it. And and Miles, your husband, who's been a huge fan of mine, and that's how I met you, and that's how I yes. knew of your, your work as a storyteller and. Uh, and actress and all that stuff, and then it, that's when you became sort of a regular on my show. Oh, it was so, it was so much fun to come and be with you and um, hang out at, at the studio, and then to and then you were responsible for like launching my fill in radio career over there. I can't even believe that happened. And then and then I did that for three years. I was yeah. a fill in. I can't I believe it. So well, you you I always called you my radio uh, mentor. And now you're just the same. You're just a podcast. Mentor. I'm just a, podcast, a podcast mentor. Yeah. So, now, so I, you know, as people know, and I've talked about this on the podcast many times, I do this from my dining room, okay? Yeah. Um, and in fact, that's where a lot of people do their podcasts. They do it from yes. home. They can do it in their office and stuff like that. Uh, my old compadre from WGN, also fired by the same idiotic management, uh, Steve Cochran, the name of his podcast, in fact, is Live from My Office. That's actually oh, the name of his podcast. I know. We listen, we're listeners too. So we we are we now listen to everyone who has left the station and we support their podcast. We listen to Live from My Living. We love it from my office. We love it and we love mm-hmm. listening to both of you. So well, it, it's things. funny because we were scheduled to do this recording. We're recording right now. I don't mean to break the illusion, but it's not Friday. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's Thursday. And uh and by the way, in just a few hours. Uh, just a, a few hours. I will be watching uh, Top Chef. It's Restaurant Wars tonight, so I'm going to oh. lose my. Sh- I'm going to lose my shit because every season during Restaurant Wars, I cry and go nuts. Anyway, Good so that's coming you. up later. Top Chef. Yeah. Top Chef. We were going to record earlier today, um, and uh, and I, I I had to call you yeah. uh, to adjust the schedule a little bit because um, they <laughs> are jackhammering outside my apartment building uh, like half of the day. Literally, literally six feet outside. I'm on the second floor, but below me. What, six, what are they doing? What the fuck are they doing? I don't know. They're tearing up the sidewalk. They're ripping up the street. <laughs> there have been no parking signs on. I live right on Irving Park. I oh, live right no. on. It's, so it's not like I live on a quiet part of the city anyway. Right. But uh, they were out there. And like this morning, all of a sudden, <laughs> my, my entire apartment is shaking. And I'm like, oh. what the fuck? And and. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. I got to talk to Jen in an hour and a half. Yeah. And so that's why I called you. I said, let's wait till after like sort yeah. of I mean, bus- as, business hours. Yeah. As funny as that could, could have been, yeah. it would also <laughs> yeah. might detract from the awesomeness of your podcast. Well, like it's just too much. It's, it's funny because like yesterday, so I, I I mentioned my buddy, Ed. Ed is the guy who runs uh, uh, Radio Misfits. He does mm-hmm. the editing and he posts my podcast, does the you know, does a ton of work uh, uh, for my podcast. Yeah. And, and I, yesterday I lost uh, internet. I lost internet Wi-Fi in my apartment because wow. Xfinity was doing They were upgrading fibers or some shit. Oh, God. It, and I don't even know what it was. And they sent me a note. They were, they sent me a text saying, hi, this is Xfinity customer service. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be fucking around that. Fuck they didn't say you. that. We're going to be fucking around a little while. And you won't. <laughs> And you won't have, you'll have intermittent service throughout the oh, day. Oh, no. That's like a podcaster's worst well, nightmare. luckily, it was yesterday. So I was like, oh, geez, you know. But then when they sent me this, <laughs> in, here's the, they sent me a text saying, hey, we're done. Everything should be fine. And it wasn't. I tried oh, no. to, I tried to log into this thing called Clean Feed, which is what we record yeah. on. 
Yeah. Uh, I couldn't log in. I couldn't, my, my phone, I was trying to, like, my phone, they couldn't find my location. You know how you have oh, to have no. your location? When yeah. You so all that stuff. So I contact Ed, and I'm like, Ed, I don't know what's going on. And he has access to the laptop that I use, and he can yeah. fix and reboot and stuff if he needs to from his location. So he's rebooting and all kinds of crap. So it just takes us 20 minutes to get, and we're back online finally, and everything is okay. All right? And, and this is going back and forth with Ed, and like, okay, fine, everything is cool. Uh, I'm now, everything is back with the laptop. Uh, I'm connected now. I will be able to record in the morning. So I was like, dude, I got to get this fixed by the morning. I'm recording yeah. with Jen in the morning. Yeah. And so we finally get it fixed in the, the night. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And that's all fixed. So I went to go see the thing for the fourth time in six days at the <gasps> music box. Yes? And then, so I go see the thing because I'm a geek. And I come home and I check and everything is fine. So I'm like, okay, good. I go to bed. I wake up. And then fucking jackhammers are going yeah. off all day. And yeah. I'm like, wait. So I text Ed. I'm like, Ed, I'm going to start recording later than usual today. And I go, because now there's jackhammers outside. My entire apartment is shaking. And he just texts back, that's hilarious. He's like, it's not, but it's hilarious. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, I mean, so. it's 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 hilarious. And I, I, I think you do. I don't understand how much I depend on the Internet until the thing goes out. And then I'm I, like, I, I will die. Well, I will die. I, I'm with you, and I really, really didn't realize that until I started doing a podcast. Then yeah. it all changed. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it becomes like your world, and yep. also it becomes so scary when you lose, like if you're with, so I, I have a co-working space because Los Angeles is like so expensive, and we live in like a one square foot apartment with yeah. a dog and so I have a co-working sp spot and when the internet goes out here so I was pitching I was talking to like a fancy someone pitching and the internet went out and I oh. so I and I'm zooming with like a fancy executive I literally open the booth door and go I am not fancy enough for this shit not to work you have <laughs> to I'm like screaming at nobody in particular and like nobody works here right like it's just a building yeah. and I'm like I I'm I'm not cool enough to like miss the end of my freaking pitch. Oh, it yeah. was a nightmare. And, oh, and, God. And, I, and then you can't get back on to like yeah. tell them no. I'm not an idiot. It's my uh, internet. Oh my God. And well, everybody, I think everybody really sort of had that happen to them because everybody was using zoom uh, during the right. lockdown and had right. to get used to it and had to finally realize, Oh wait, I got to use the internet. Because otherwise, I'm not going to be able to talk to my family while we're stuck inside and all that stuff. It's it's awful. I mean, yeah. So I get it. And I'm so grateful that, like, they can't jackhammer at all hours. Like, if we were in another <laughs> yeah. country, like, someone was telling me in other countries, they don't have the rule where it's, like, 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. So they can jackhammer, I don't know, Venezuela yeah. or something. Yeah. All hours? Of, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, no, I, also no, have, no, no. I also have really interesting jag-off neighbors in my <gasps> building, which is always really? a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you about that some other time. Okay, but listen, we okay. have to... We, I've, I want to make sure that everybody we catch up. You are uh, you tell everybody a quick background on Jen Bosworth Ramirez and the Ramirez you just added. It's new, yeah. It's I new. mean, it's kind of new. I so I was you know I like to say that like everyone I really uh, a lot of my family that I love is dead. I know that sounds depressing, but you know that's well, going to happen to all Jen, of us. Jen, by the way, I just read Molly Shannon's book, which oh, uh, is yes. is filled with like sort of death and tragedy. Yes, uh, and yet she's you know 
carrying on and she's wonderful and she's one of the funniest women and I love her deeply. But it's funny that you mentioned that because there's a lot of death in her book. Yeah, and I, that's what and I heard. And yeah. I, Miles was telling me he was listening to you talking about the book um, oh. on, on your podcast and how much you love her. And I was like, I don't know because I didn't read the book, but is why don't is she single and, and straight? No, no, no. And why don't you marry her? Oh. Well, no, she's married with, with uh, a couple of kids and she's been oh, married darn. for a while. Okay, never and, mind. Yeah, I'm always on the hunt to try to fix I know you, you are. People. I know you are. You're I always know. like, never again, never right. again. But no, anyway, two times so, was enough, Jen. Two times two ta- was enough. I know, but three couldn't really go for the. Th- what is sure. it? A hat trick? Well, I don't know. That's it. Wow, hockey term ah, coming from Jen. Wow, ah, very good. Very yeah, I, good. I love a, and 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 Pat's retiring, right? So well, he anyway. did. He just did. Oh, he did. Yeah, he okay. he did his last. He did his last broadcast last anyway, week. Anyway, yeah. I love I love a good hockey mostly because I just find the players so attractive, even yeah. without teeth. Even without teeth. Oh, anyway, yeah. So anyway, yes. anyway, yeah. so Ramirez is because okay. So I'm Colombian and Swedish. My dad was born. Um, well, he's dead, but he was born in Chicago. My mom was born in, in Colombia, South America, and they're they're gone. And I'm like the last of both sides, and I'm not gonna have kids. And so I was. Like, like, you know, I I just I, I wanted to represent both sides of my family. So I added Ramirez and then I also do speak some Spanish and I'm Colombian. So I figured, OK, what the hell? And so but everyone thinks because I, I hyphenated, everyone's right. like thinks I divorced Miles and right. married a Latino guy. And it is the <laughs> funniest thing in the world. Everyone's like. Wait, what's going on? I'm like, oh no, I just really made it more complicated, but that's okay. And I don't care what people. I'm one of those people. Like, I don't care what you call me as long as it's not fat and ugly. You know what I mean? Like, you can call <laughs> me whatever you want. And, and by the way, and we've talked about this in the past. You were called fat and ugly quite frequently at, at, oh, at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't. I I always talk about this in meetings and stuff like that, like in uh, zooming and stuff. Yeah, I I have been called all kinds of things and so when I especially as an actor you, you just get used to that but like now I just as long as you I don't care what my name is to be honest with you just buy my scripts and hire me and do yeah. all the things well, like call what, me whatever what, you want what what uh, what websites can people find you at? and then we'll talk a little bit more about your background websites and where can people find you Sure. So my uh, website is just my name, Jen Bosworth Ramirez, just the way it sounds, and um, dot com. And, you know, that's how the World Wide Web works. And um, <laughs> my uh, I have undeniablewriters.com, which is my website with my podcast and writing partner, Gina Polici. So those are my two websites and on the social medias, you know. Gotcha. You know, Undeniable all the social medias. And uh, uh, undeniablewriters.com and jenbosworthramirez.com. And yes. it's okay if I say Ramirez and not have the accent, right? Ramirez, yeah, you, you, Nick. Again, are you going to call me ugly or fat? If not, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. Right, right, right. right, right. Say it however you want. Okay, okay. But then I'll just sound like a really, you know, a like what? I'll say. You remember that? You remember that? I don't know if you remember that. You remember that <laughs> SNL sketch from yes, years ago? Yes. Where uh, they're they're in like a conference room. They're in an office, yes. and everybody. It was Jimmy Smith was the host. Yes. And everybody was pronouncing uh, uh, Spanish or Latino words with the accent, but they were white. Yes. So it it'd be like, like Rami. Like, yes. It was like over enunciating. It was like Ramirez. Yeah, they were like today in Nicaragua. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be Ex- really hot. Yeah, it was so exactly. funny. It was like I white, love that. The whitest guys, like Mike Mike Myers, was in that. Was like Nicaragua. You know, he was doing it. Was, <laughs> so I don't want to sound like that. So I'm just going to no, say it doesn't Ram- matter. Just say so, Ramirez. Just say it Ramirez. Matter. Okay. One of yeah, my best yeah, friends yeah. in in uh, grade school, Kevin Ramirez. Oh look, uh, it was like that, and and uh, oddly Asian, which was fantastic. Wait, 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 wait. wait. He, he was like a- you. 
He was Asian and and oh, Spanish. something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he was like a it. mixed. He was. We were. Hey, we were near Wrigley Field. That's those. You know that happens. When yeah, you, that, right. that was the kind of neighborhood I was in. It was like there was a mix of everybody. It was. Wonderful. It was like fusion, Asian fusion. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's nothing. Now it's nothing but white assholes. Oh, uh, God, in that neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. A lot <laughs> so, of drunks. Yeah. 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 So anyway, uh, you started uh, storytelling and writing and acting and all that stuff. Um, and for a while, you were in L.A. Before. Oh, yeah. In my tw- – oh, my gosh. And I was there uh, from 2000 to 2006. I was here the first uh, – my first stint. Yeah. And um, I worked, as we know. If you've listened to Nick, which you should, um, uh, forever and ever, I worked for Nicolas Cage. And I thought of you because uh, yesterday I was interviewed by someone who is doing a story about Nick Cage's comic book that was stolen in the year 2000, the, the yeah, one right. number one Superman or right, whatever right. it's called. And they wanted my feedback. And I was like, listen, I don't know what the fuck happened to that, but I could tell you a bunch of weird right. shit that went down from 2001 to 2006. Well, one of the reasons why I, the timing was perfect to have you back and have you back as a regular on the show uh, was I wanted it to, to coincide with today uh, is the release, uh, today meaning oh. Friday, Today is yeah. the release of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, right. which is Nicolas Cage's new movie where he plays, <laughs> quote unquote, Nicolas Cage. Um, and well, did you, you saw it. Yes. Yes, I have. Um, it, well, you have to tell me. What oh, is it's, your... it is just shit. Um, oh, it's it, terrible. Huh? Oh, it's fucking terrible. Um, okay. So here's the deal. But I mean, I, I can't wait till you see it because obviously... <laughs> You know, as someone who knew Nick Cage for a while, yeah. worked worked with him yeah, uh, uh, for a while, I would love your perspective on it. And I know that you'll watch it and go, this is a bunch of horse shit. Um, yeah. So, but let me quickly tell you about it and why it's bad. Okay. It is, it's, it's, you know, the movie is about, he plays quote unquote Nick Cage. Right. Which, what the fuck? And he plays up the whole I'm Nick Cage, I'm crazy kind of thing <sighs> in the movie. Um, but we all know, like in real life, he is pretty nutty. And yeah. but they but they play that up. It was you know who summed it up perfectly. My uh, my my last producer at WGN, the brilliant Tom Hush. Um, yes, Tom, who is now working for WLS, and they're in flux right now. He's he he's the executive producer of the morning show at LS. Yeah, and they just fired the host, and now they've <gasps> kind of they're kind of like searching for like a new host. So, but but Tom's got a gig. He's got a gig. He's not going anywhere. Okay, good. So, which is good because I love him and he's hugely talented. He summed it up perfectly because, because he's a big Nick Cage fan too. So I texted him after I saw the movie, after I walked out of the screening, I was like, Tom, I just want you to know that this new Nicholas Cage movie is poser bullshit is what I, is what I said to him. And he said, Oh, that's too bad. Cause he was looking forward to it as many Nick Cage fans are. And he said, well, it seems like, and he nailed it. He, he, without even having seen it, he nailed it. He said, it seems like it's a movie uh, that's made by people who don't think Nick Cage is an actor, but think of him as a meme. And yes. I went, wow. Yes. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Yes. So it's like whatever goofy stories you've heard about Nick Cage, whether they're real or not, they kind of throw it into the movie. But the script is sort of generic. It's about a See, Hollywood actor. No, no. A, a Hollywood actor who kind of gets involved with somebody who might be an international drug dealer. And the FBI and the CIA are involved. 
and he gets thrown into this wacky adventure. But it could have been, and, and all they do basically, it's as, as generic a script as possible, could have been any actor of all time. All they do is throw in references to other Nick Cage movies. That's so dumb. They could have made a really good movie. Now, and they actually, yeah. it could have been so funny if they had been very specific about his weirdness because he's not, he's, he is more than a meme. I think that he is, um, they undersold, it could have been funny. It could have been really funny. Really? And he did it. And you know, like, and they also address the fact that he spends his money while they spend in the yeah. movie. Yeah. He spends his money wildly, which we all know. That's a that's a yeah. that's something we know. Uh, that he's been broke. He works a lot. Like he 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 makes a lot of movies, and a lot of them are shitty. And he does a lot of them because he's got some ex wives. He yes. spent a lot of money and blah. blah. And yes. so that's that's part of the gag of the movie. But the thing is, they talk about in the movie. They were like, "Man, you got to get back to being a real actor." Uh, you got and and in fact, he's visited by his younger self dressed in his costume from Wild at Heart. In the movie, oh my God! So it's like it's like computer generated younger Nicolas Cage. What? Yes, as uh, the character, as him younger, right, wild at right. heart Nicolas Cage, giving him advice on how he should go back to being what he used to be. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so there's all this acknowledgement that now he makes a lot of movies that are shitty, and that he has to get back to being a real actor. But the thing is, this movie is shitty. Is that is a movie like that? Like the unbear the unbearable weight of massive talent is yet another shitty movie that Nicolas Cage has made to pay the bills. You know what I mean? That is so, so insane. That yeah. is insane and such yeah. a waste. Such a waste of a good. The concept is actually really interesting. Like, what if they just need to make like a really good documentary about him? Like, I they agree. don't need you know like the documentary that they were. Remember that documentary that they were making about. Or maybe they did about he, he was going to be Superman, remember? And they, yeah. they made this documentary and Danny Elfman was involved. I don't remember. Like, or t- I don't remember. But yeah. anyway, there's so much that you, there that they they could have done. And really, it's really too bad yeah. that they made another shit. It, it is. It's terrible. And it's it, it tries to make it seem like it's above that. And they're making commentaries about the bad right. movies that he makes to pay the bills. But this is a bad right. movie that he made to pay the bills. But yet he's going on talk shows for the first time in like 15 years. And you know that he didn't do talk shows and things like that. You right. worked for the guy. But now right. he's, he was on Kimmel the other night. He's on, for Christ's sake, he's on that uh, singing in the what? car jag off. That jag off no, who sings in the car. No, I cannot stand. He Co- sings Corden. in the Yeah. Yeah, Corden. Can't stand oh, it. Oh, God. I don't but like anyway, him either. So, but when you were out in L.A. and you were trying to get gigs like you are now, except that yeah. you're older and wiser and you are doing yeah. different things. You got a gig now. You, you have to explain how I this, got it on this day that the unbearable or the unbearable weight of massive talent with Nicolas Cage has opened up. I I need to hear a few Nick Cage stories. So sure, how how did you start working for this Nicolas Cage? Weirdest weirdest thing was that I got a job at a metaphysical bookstore that no longer <laughs> exists. They like turned it into like a you know I don't know a boba tea place or something. And and it was a bookstore where they own they sold like spiritual. And weird books, and I got a job there making like seven twenty five an hour. And there was a model there who said they're hiring for I can't tell you who. And do you want to make more money? And I was like, absolutely. And I didn't know it was for Nick Cage 
until I literally showed up at the interview and there were Nick Cage posters over all the walls. And I was like, oh. And my only knowledge of Nick Cage at that point was, of course, I knew my favorite was Raising Arizona and Moonstruck were my two. But everything else, I was like, oh, this this is fine. And I didn't even meet him. I met his team. And then to meet him... I was just telling this to someone else was the scariest thing that ever happened to me, which was I got taken in a white van into the middle of the desert <laughs> to meet Nick Cage, who had his ear prosthetically blown off for the for John Woo's Wind Talkers, right? Ooh, right so right, right. in the middle of the desert, and then they put trailer with Nick, who literally had a faxed copy of my resume in his hand, who goes... The one thing he said to me, this is all I remember is that I was like wearing a black turtleneck that was hotter than hell in the desert. I'm sweating and sitting two inches from this man who has no ear. And he goes, oh, I see you worked at a Catholic church. Uh, what was that like? And I was like, oh, my God. That was like a job I did for a summer in – I don't even know why it was on my resume. And I was like, what? He was like, you were the rector – he goes, you were the rectory secretary. What, what, what was that like? And I'm like, oh, my God. What is even happening right now? And I said, I. it was great. I, like, gave out – um, food to the homeless and like scheduled baptisms. Like literally that's what I said. And he was like, that's cool. And I was like, Oh my God, what is, what am I doing here? Like what is happening? And with then his, with, his ear, with his ear, with his ear. Yeah. Off. yeah. And I said, I said, your ear, he goes, Oh yeah, that, it's a movie. That's literally what he said. He like thought I thought it was real. It was so weird. And then I left and that was all he said. I don't know if I, I didn't know if I had the job. I didn't know shit. I left. They put me back in a van to, me back to LA and like I got a phone call a week later like Nick really liked you it's you know he would love to for you to work as the office manager and one of his assistants at on Sunset Boulevard and I was like uh, okay it was the weirdest thing I've ever and then you know that was that's like that was my origin story at Nick Cage's office and it was it started like a really really crazy time in my life like I also was a big drinker and like LA then LA in the aughts oh my god it yeah, was like a nightmare here you know it's like, funny it's it's funny because I just watch uh, as you know I'm a, I'm I'm addicted to a lot of stupid tv um <laughs> And, uh, you know, with streaming services, it's endless. But I just right. watched this morning uh, while the jack while the jackhammers were going apeshit outside. <laughs> I was watching the latest, the first episode of the new uh, reunion of the real world. And oh. um, and it's New Orleans. So they jumped oh. ahead and New Orleans was in 2000. And oh. so they show in, in the in the package, they show what was happening in Hollywood right 2000 2001 that kind of time and that's exactly the era that you're talking about and it was yeah. a it was a pretty specific crazy time in the biz uh in, it was in LA. so weird it was like the height of all the you know like the harvey weinstein it was like anything went and it was it was like uh, this post like it was like the post cocaine era here but like the big time drinking era and like yeah. the big time like um what else just huge paychecks yeah. 16 million dollars the guy was making a film. I mean, what 
16 million. And I remember thinking, oh my God. And it just seemed like their money was like dropping out of the sky. Everyone had deals. And then it all went, it all went to shit. But you know, like, yeah. And then we were all like, I say it's all fun and games in LA till you end up, you know, driving a car into a pool with mascara running down your face at 3 a.m., which is basically (laughs) my story. So there you go. Like, that's how I lived my life. And then I stopped drinking. Thank God. Then you stopped drinking. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's sometimes it takes us some, some pretty. my god it takes a little bit of some crazy shit to to get us to quit drinking and uh uh, so there you go now okay i i I would love to get to that story and maybe you know i I know the story but we can get to that but i do want to hear a few more nick cage stories okay i'm sorry to put you through this but you know the movie it it, it is the movie just came out i know people are interested and i know that a lot of the some of the podcast listeners here may have not heard your stories but you have some great nick cage stories yeah Um, and he would now what did you do exactly for him oh my god i mean what didn't i do for that office like i was just telling someone they were asking like one of the weirdest things for nick that i ever had to do was okay this was on the before you could do parking meters with your uh credit card and with your an app on your phone right so we're in 2001 there's no phone i didn't have a cell phone so when the parking garage that at our office was out of order for cleaning or something everyone had to park on the street with meters well my job was literally to run down sunset boulevard for nick and his guests and with a bag of quarters and sweating and like huffing and puffing and it's hilly in los angeles run down and put quarters into their ferraris maseratis all the things the mclarens and like do that so they wouldn't get tickets right and and nick did not understand i just remembered this like he had never paid a parking meter in his life. So he, I was like, you know, I got to go so that you guys don't get tickets. And he was like, what? And I was like, no, no. When you park on the street, like you will get a ticket. And he was like, what kind of ticket? And I'm like, oh my God. Like not a ticket to the carnival, my friend, like a parking ticket. He didn't get it. And I was like, I can't explain this or you're going to get a freaking $75 ticket on your McLaren. Like I got to go. And one time, and one time I literally had to repark a Lamborghini. I don't remember. It was something I did not know how to drive. And I was like, I didn't even fit in the seat. I was like too fat to fit in. Like those are small cars. Like, I don't know what it was. And like they're one inch off the ground. And like, I could, I was like, this is horrible. And I, it was orange. I didn't know what was happening. So that was weird. And then the other story that I really love to tell because it's so specific about like celebrity and him and is that in the basement of our office we had a little like sandwich shop like a deli right and I he would come to the office and be hungry of course and like say I need a sandwich and I would say okay well I'm just gonna go downstairs hang on I'm gonna get you a sandwich from the deli and he was like wait what I'm like yeah there's a sandwich place in the basement but he's like what what do you mean? I'm like, it's a deli. Like, it's a little store. And he was like, in the basement? What kind of, st- what's a deli doing in a basement? Like, all these things. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, I cannot explain this to you. I don't have the language skills to do yeah. this. Like, and this didn't, is, he, yeah. didn't he have your number and he would like call you sometimes and just be like, and by the way, your Nick Cage is fantastic. 
And he would would say, what's our, my favorite was calling me at our office phone. I don't know where he was, maybe at one of his houses or something, calling me on the landline at the office. And I would pick up, Hey, how are you? He'd be like, Jen, it's Nick. And I'd be like, hi, Nick, how are you? He'd be like, I have a question. What's my, uh, what's my address? I'd be like, what? What's the address? And I'd be like, but you're in the place. How, How do you not know where you're in? And he'd be like, what? And then it would be like Abbott and Costello. It'd be like, what, what? And we'd be on the phone. I'd be like, oh, my God, your dress is blah, 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 blah. And he'd be like, okay, wait, slow down. Yeah. I got to write it down. I'm like, oh, my God. So it was stuff like that where I was like, what uh, is – this had never occurred to me before I moved to L.A. from Chicago when I was 24 that, like, this would even be a question someone would ask. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. What's my what, what's my, what's my, fo- my phone number? I'm like, wait, but you called – what's happening? <laughs> Where am I? It was so see, weird. This is the movie, not this unbearable right. weight of, of right. uh, massive talent crap. I have, I mean, like so many things, like, like you know, can I? Yeah, just all the things about you know his snake, his albino something, and yeah. all the things. Like we could, I could have written it so easy, but you know what? They wanted to make it like a meme. Yeah, they wanted to do a That's meme. That's exactly what they and did. That, they, yeah, they made another throwaway action comedy is what they made. So sad. And he so got a paycheck. Sad. And uh, right. I mean, It's not like he hasn't done interesting work recently because last year he was, in a, he was terrific in a movie called Pig. I he loved was, Pig. He was so good, right? So good. Um, I love Mandy. He's absolutely yes. friggin' nuts Joe, Joe, right? Joe. Joe. Yes. Joe, one of the best movies he made. That was about eight, nine years ago and he was great yeah. in that. But he still, you know, he still does movies that are just completely ridiculous, and he still got to pay the bills. But I love that. Now, I do want to mention very quickly, and we've got yeah. more Nick Cage stories that we can get to at some other time. Yeah. But I just love that. What's my phone number, Jen? What's my I- phone number? Like, wait, what? <laughs> and then, and then, literally, it's us like a minute on the phone. What? What? Wait, what? Now, what? didn't you go to one of his? Didn't you go to his wedding to Lisa Marie? I did. I did. Went- I went to the Lisa Marie Presley wedding. Oh my god! Which where I almost was fired because I thought Jim Carrey's date was his daughter. I thought it was a young daughter, and it was his <laughs> date. I was like, "Oh, this must be your daughter." Oh my! But it was so. It was crazy. It was so crazy. And they were married for like three months or something. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah, yeah, that wedding was, I I mean, what do you, it was weird. The whole thing, that whole time, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, but yeah. yeah. And I can she imagine was, why, I mean, that's a reason to drink. Like, uh, you, yeah. you're working well, also, for a guy who marries Lisa Marie Presley and calls you in the middle of the night to ask what his phone number is. I'd be well, drinking too. Right, and also she, you know, I, I she was a not nice to me like when i met her she she was so i i don't know what was going on there but she was not a nice human yeah. uh to me to me maybe to other people maybe she just hated my guts but like yeah i was like whoa whoa yeah, yeah. now so it, so it, in addition to that and then he i always forget that he was married to patricia arquette that i oh, always forget that that was his first was, marriage she okay so i came right after they split but i had some doings with her she was amazing the nicest i bet like weirdest like right up my alley like super weird quirky kind woman that i was like i love this woman i loved her i i I still do i think she's so talented and so amazing yeah too bad it's nice it's nice that you know like she finally got an oscar she finally yes is now treated with the respect that and dignity that she deserved for you know for a long time but uh, they they just had a David Lynch film festival here in Chicago, oh. um, a retrospective, and I had the guy who who put it together, Daniel Knox, who is a great musician, oh. and he put it together. 
and one of the movies they showed was Lost Highway uh, ah. with Patricia Arquette. And uh, that's a movie, and I, you know, I can say this to you, uh, to Jen, we're, we're buddies. Yeah. Uh, Lost Highway gives me a boner when I yeah. watch it. Yeah, it's um, a sexy movie. Yes. Oh, yes. my God, Jen. I mean, yeah. to the point where I'm like, whoo, whoo. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know what that says. Movie. About, I don't know what that says about me, but I think Lost Highway is like the hottest, sexiest movie I've ever seen. And yeah. it's a very fucked up movie. It says crazy. It and, and Patricia Arquette in it. Ooh, yeah. good Lord. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But She's, she was married to him, I think, at that time when that movie oh. was made. I'm pretty sure she was. And yeah. and and anyway, she's a lovely human being. Oh, I, I bet. But I mean, you know, yeah, I was I was trying to think. I was with him with through three wives. So, you know, third, <laughs> third one for you could be all right. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know what? Maybe you should you should you, you and I should work together officially. Then that way I might find another wife that might. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know you've been you've been working at that goal for a while now with me. So I know that. Yeah. I'm always on uh, the hunt. Well, the closest I've come so far has been Dana DiLorenzo. That's the closest. Okay. That I've... So here's the thing. So like we were both on that show, Perpetual Grace. I wasn't on. I mean, yes, she was a big, that's she right. Had a, she had a huge part. I had a very small I had a one day situation, but, That's right. but she, okay. So I, I, yeah, you're very, okay. So when is the wedding? And then when is the divorce? When's well, the divorce? we talk about it all the time. I had her on the okay. show. I've had her on the podcast. I heard. Yep. Um, and she's, she's quite lovely and crazy and I love her. Uh, but yeah, Perpetual anyway. Grace, you were on that good old Steve Conrad. He's nuts oh and awesome. Oh my God. Yeah. That show was so fun and so good. And now he's doing Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Or something? Like a, the I guess, something the like re- that, yeah. Something. Anyway. So that's, oh yeah, that you came close with Dana, but no cigar. Okay, so no I'm going to still, I'm going to still look out. I mean, like, there are so, I'm staring right now at my co-working space. There's a bunch of really beautiful, crazy ass yeah. women in this co-working well, space of course, that I could you know, you're, up with. There's a, there's a big difference though, because that's LA and I'm in Chicago. So that that's might true. be a little problem. That's true. But I do want to mention before we move on to, to stuff that you're doing now, because I want to talk about this uh uh this thing that you this this script that you wrote this pilot oh yeah i want to talk about that but one more i want people to know that if you are this nick cage fan and everything one of the most legendary movies and they do quote uh they quote it in the uh unbearable weight of massive talent uh there's a throwaway line where he says uh he just says basically oh no not the bees he just he says it like Ah! that that's what I okay. So I want people to know that the remake of The Wicker Man. <laughs> I was there um, for the filming. Oh that my Neil, God. Neil 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 the the oh once great Neil LeBute who is now a piece of shit Neil LeBute made. Yes. Um, because I loved In the Company of Men and I used to love his. Yeah. I loved Shape of Things. Yeah. But like uh, you know, not surprisingly, he's turned out as a human to be a piece of shit. And yeah. Uh, but he made the remake of The Wicker Man, <laughs> which is. Gone down as well. That's one of the more memeable of the Nick Cage movies. Not the bees. Not the bees. Not the bees. So, and he's in yeah. a bear costume punching oh women my out. God. And stuff. <laughs> you're now hold on now, Jen. You're in that fucking movie. You are in that movie. So tell yeah. everybody what so, what you play in it. No, oh, I mean I have no line. I think I had lines and then they cut them out, of course. But um I'm in the police station on the small island he's supposed to be on, which was really like well, like Vancouver or something. We were in Canada. And he goes into the police station to try to like report, right, what's going on. And I am like literally the the sort of um, fat man in a small jacket in the movie. Like I, I am like <laughs> stuffed into this blue corduroy jacket. Right, and I'm right. like the receptionist at the police station. So when you see me and I'm like pretending to be on the phone or something. And um, yeah, I auditioned to play Lily Sobieski's part in that movie in 
a, a theater it, like Neil LeBute saw me do it like I think as like a charity thing I don't know but he was like so I auditioned for Neil LeBute and I took it really seriously and basically there was no chance in hell I was ever getting that part but I was like this is going to be my big break in the right. remake of the Wicker Man as the <laughs> wood chopping maiden in the in the forest I this is going to be my big break and like literally he was like oh great that's great and then I ended up like the stuffed sausage in the police station like that's what happened to me in this movie. well people people you can see her if you're gonna watch yeah, the wicker man really jen, jen is there <laughs> uh so but listen you gotta let me know uh, uh when or if you see the unbearable weight of massive talent um you have to let me know what you think um and i'm so sad that it's so shitty i'm it is. so sad it's, yeah it's really bad it's really bad yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're out there now in la and you yes. are uh, you what what are you doing to make uh, to make the ducats what I yeah the ducats are the doubloons as or miles doubloons. well right. I like ducats too. Um, miles really makes the doubloons really doing something I don't know in in a tech company I, I don't know what he's doing but I live with him but I don't know what really what he does he has a lot of, <laughs> he has a lot of monitors that's all I know a lot of <laughs> monitors set up anyway um so I am okay so what I did you know I was a therapist for a while I went back to school after working for Nick <laughs> for a while I went to school to be a therapist and I was a therapist and then I've worked obviously in the entertainment industry and so what started to happen was i was like helping friends pitch themselves and write cover letters and pitches and like prep for meetings and then i was like wait a second everyone and their mother calls themselves a consultant i'm gonna do the same thing so i was like i'm a consultant now and then people started hiring me nick d so like mm. i will if you hire me i can help you because one of my talents is i really want the good guys and gals and people in Hollywood to win. So I want people that aren't assholes and jackasses to start like getting jobs. So I was like, okay, how can we make you sound so awesome that these idiots will hire you and, and do good, you know, you can make good work. And so it's, it's working. Like the people I'm p helping to pitch themselves are like getting meetings and like, making money so i'm a consultant who'd ever know who'd ever wow. do it i wow. know so and, you and, can hire me okay well um so so <clears throat> so you're helping to them to pitch themselves in 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 any areas just in general yes or? yeah so like even if so i helped someone get ready for a first date it's the weirdest thing like i have this ability to be like listen to mix this sort of like therapy side of me but also like w knowing what people want and knowing what people like what your strong points are and really i'm like um like a matchmaker yenta is that the name meets a like swimming with sharks i don't know i have like a, a job that i can't really describe but people are hiring me to do it so like i love it so what i'll do is just basically say to people like okay tell me about yourself and they'll say like oh you know like a friend of mine was like well i don't ha really have anything Thing to say but like I will tell you that my mom like um was addicted to painkillers and um never met a pyramid scheme she didn't love I'm like there's your in right there that's a great story uh, like we're yeah. gonna capitalize on that and then the guy got an agent you know what I mean like what cool so yeah so I'm trying to help people like make it in this business but also in in life and I realized that like I like people and I have the ability to really see what they've done and sort of spin it to make it wow. really cool. I don't know. I look, well, I don't know where if, it comes from. If you if you want help in any of that any of that kind of stuff, pitching yourself, Jen can help you. 
Yeah. Uh, Jen Bosworth Ramirez.com. Jen Bosworth Ramirez.com. Yeah. Now, um, uh, before we uh, uh, get you out of here, uh, the the uh, Hold My Calls is the name of this pilot. Oh my gosh. That you I were wrote pitching? a crazy pilot about a woman. So my whole jam is I want to make television where where the there is and I'm not the first to do this but where there is no good guy like I'm obsessed with the idea that we're all just really pieces of shit and most and uh. most and most levels <laughs> and that like in the right circumstances we'll all like sell out our mother for like a piece of bread and so I wrote a pilot about a woman VP at a film studio who basically is involved in shady stuff but sort of pro- you know, promotes herself as a me too person. And she is a good person, but her past is filled with basically murder and horrible crime. Cause I'm obsessed with true crime. Uh, and I so, know you are, yeah. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I'm obsessed with mixing like Hollywood with murder, basically. Like that's my, as a metaphor for like, just, you know, cause LA is so dark in so many ways. It's so sunny. And then you like dig one inch down and there's like rotting flesh. So like that's, I'm obsessed with that idea that like, we're all yeah. just sort of, you know, so yeah. I'm pitching it. Look, look, I it's dark and I, I, I either pitch it and people look at me like I'm a space alien and that or people are really into it. And it's just really hard to get made because it's like so dark, like yeah. so dark, you know, but I believe that that we're all just, just doing the best we can. And sometimes we do horrible things. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Okay, well, yeah. I hope that gets. I hope somebody buys it and gets that I thing mean, going. Uh, I would be great, or I just love to, you know, p- pitch you to set you up with the with the guy who works down the street. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do. It. You know <laughs> what I mean? I, I'll help win in whatever way. But, um, um, and yeah. uh, you, you're doing podcasts of your own. You've got one called "I Survived Theater School." Oh, it's hilarious, and I would love to have you on. On because okay. it's films it's all the it's all the things like even if you left school if you went into school and left yes we have a podcast called I Survived Theater School it's really about how basically it comes down to when you're uh, a kid or like a teen there you have no business making the decision to go into art school and how you just it's like so such almost not a waste but like most people we know that like went into those Columbia DePaul programs like they end up doing other things because it's a racket right so or they end up doing the thing because and they got kicked out like you're you, I would say Nick that you are thriving in the entertainment business I don't care that you're not a millionaire you are thriving and doing what you love and yet you left school right you left Columbia. I did. I did. Right. Yeah. I dropped so, like, out. yeah, I love a good dropout because it means that, like, you can still the basically the podcast is like you can still live your life and have a good life. You didn't start on the path you thought you were going to go on, and that yeah. is our podcast. You know, and that's so with that's, it, with your fellow. Uh, DePaul. Yes. Yes. And I, her name is Gina Polici and we have a hilarious podcast. We'll have you on. And it's also just really, it's really fun to do. And we have some, we had like, you know, Dave Dismulsion on and, uh, Oh, Dave. Yeah. Great guy. We have, yeah, we have all kinds of people on. So, so, um, yeah, that's on, you can go to undeniablewriters.com and find our podcast, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just out here trying to, you know, you got a jag off dog. Oh my God. She's the biggest asshole you ever met. She literally, the other night, Nick, she crawled under the covers and bit me on the ass for no reason. I didn't do anything to her. 
What kind of I dog her- is this? Oh, she's a French bulldog. And she she's a French bulldog that like literally will look at me and then take a shit on the carpet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that is what she's doing. She will make eye contact while she's doing the bad thing. What's the, she's a sociopath. What's, what's the dog's name? Doris. Why did they, Doris. Why did you name the dog Doris? Oh, because in a Jim Croce song, which my husband is obsessed with Jim Croce because he's a thousand years old. He there's a there's a line um, at the end of the bar sat a girl named Doris and yeah. ooh that girl looked nice yeah, Leroy yeah, yeah. Brown and so right, we named her right. Doris. I love her, but my God, is she an asshole? Oh my God! All right, well Doris is your dog and she's an asshole and you yeah. and, and and Miles is going to love that you called him a thousand years old. I think he and yeah. I think he and I are the same age, uh, Jen. I think we're I around. The, I, I mean, but uh, there's something about Miles. Like he just like really like his version of like having a good time is watching old Kiss documentaries. Like what is happening? Like homemade Kiss documentaries. What? So oh, I think God. you're a little more current than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? uh, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, uh, Jen. Uh, I we're, you're going to be back regularly, Yay! which means which means I have to get you a theme song. Oh my God! Yeah, just because. Have it t- Oh all my, my God. All, all my regulars who are coming back, you know, uh, as I'm as I've been as I've been building back up and getting all my regulars yeah. back. Um, Jason Skaggs is my main man, um, who brilliant. used to work at GM. He's brilliant, He's absolutely brilliant. brilliant, and he does all the theme songs. So I'm going to get him to do one for you. So that the next time you're on, oh we will God. debut a a Jen Bosworth Ramirez exclusive. I- theme song love it i love it my friend i um, love it thank you for having me on no it's it's wonderful to catch up with you and this will be the first of many many visits obviously and uh jen bosworth ramirez.com is the website if you need some consulting and some help she'll uh, she'll help you out she was a therapist if you can believe that (laughs) (laughs) jen uh i love you and i will talk to you uh the next time love you bye okay see you later uh that's uh there's jen jen bosworth uh she is amazing and uh and unique and uh, awesome and speaking of women who are amazing unique and awesome let's say hello to esmeralda leon esmeralda yeah esmeralda leon yeah esma i'm talking about that esma esmeralda leon yeah esmeralda All right, Esmeralda. Esmeralda Leon. I love Esmeralda. She rules, and she is on the uh, uh, the podcast uh, every episode. We always love to uh, hang out and talk. And uh, Esmeralda, it is a female-driven episode today. Uh, okay. <laughs> because uh, I just finished talking with my great friend, and you know her, we love her. Uh, Jen Bosworth Ramirez was just on. Oh, okay. And so it's like very Nick, nice. Nick and the chicks today. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Write really, that one down. That's a really make terrible, a note of it. <laughs> terrible name for it. But oh, wait a minute. Speaking of chicks, wait. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So it's turned into That's a That's right. She has to leave. She has to leave now. <laughs> uh, uh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, anything happening for the weekend? Um, No, not at the moment. Not that I know of. <laughs> but uh, I know it's Friday, up. but uh, yeah. It is Friday. Anything That's could right. happen. It's, it's not Thursday. <laughs> I am not. Uh, it's not Thursday. I am not incredibly anticipating uh, the Restaurant Wars episode of Top Chef tonight. I'm not because it happened last night, not tonight. There you go. See, not that I'm. You already know what excited. happened. I already know what happens during Restaurant Wars because it's always one of the greatest episodes of the season. Uh, so I'm not excited about it. I saw it. It was good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm not losing my shit right now. Very excited about the Restaurant Wars episode of Top Chef. Um, so I, I do want to mention a, 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 a thing here that happened to me. You know, uh, we're going to talk about bartending because you and I mm-hmm. did spend some time slinging the drinks. Yes. And uh, I want to get into that. But this a couple of days ago, something happened that I noticed uh, on the intranets that made me feel really old. Okay. Really, really, really old. And I wanted to ask you, when was the first time or one of the times where you went, oh, man, I'm old? Um, Because... What happened was uh, I was flipping around on the internet and I came across a post Debbie Gibson posted mm-hmm. on uh, the internets. And I saw it on my Facebook feed. She posted on social media that Debbie Gibson, you know, with a, a video, she's all happy. Hi, I'm Debbie Gibson. Blee, doo, doo, boo, doo, doo, doo. And she starts talking about how she's got a concert and it's a concert for AARP. <laughs> and I went, well, how old is she? 51, I guess. She's well, in there her 50s. You go. 50 is... No, I, I know, but when Debbie Gibson is like, hey, I'm doing a concert for AARP, I immediately went, Jesus Christ, just put me in a coffin now. <laughs> uh, and it made me feel like it made like a lot of people around probably my age, because I was in my early 20s when she broke, okay? Oh, okay. Uh, when she broke big, I was like 21, maybe. So I just turned 21, or I was 21 or 22 when like electric youth came in and all that. And her and Tiffany battling, and they were in shopping malls and all that stuff. That goes way back to my early 20s. Mm-hmm. And so when she says, Yeah, I'm Debbie Gibson and I'm doing a concert for AARP, I immediately went, Well, I just get the Geritol prune juice and carry me off to bed at 6 p.m. <laughs> So I felt really, really old. Um, has there been some time? Have you ever been out or talking to people or seen something where you went, man, I'm old? Now, you just had a birthday. Yes. Um, and you just turned, and you, you don't mind me saying, right? You turned 39. No, no, no. You, thir- yes. you turned 39. Uh, and I'm assuming that there have been a couple of times where you went, oof, that's, that makes me feel a little old. Has that happened to you? Have you ever been sort of smacked with age? Um, there, I'm trying to think of something specific and I can't remember what had happened, but it was me like making a joke or saying some reference to something that the person did not know and they were younger than me and they had no idea what I was talking about because they just didn't grow up with whatever it was or they didn't, they've, they haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that, it was. That's exactly the 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 first huge time, and I think that's the thing that most people will say when they feel old. They probably make a reference that nobody gets. Exactly, you know? and, and you're just happened- like, wait a minute, but how do you not know that? The- oh, right. <laughs> yep, that's exactly, and that's I think how it happens. That's how it happened to me. The the big one that happened to me because you know, like mm-hmm. every once in a while, things will make you feel oh, like I like you know. To this day, I turn on the Grammys. I don't know what the fuck's going on. You know what I mean? Like I don't know who that is. 
I don't know. I can't, God forbid I turn on the MTV Awards. I don't know what. I have no idea what's <laughs> happening there. But one of the first times ever, I was directing this play about 17 years ago. And it was a big cast. And we finished the mm-hmm. rehearsal. And I walked, you know, they, everybody sat in the house. And then I got up on stage with my notes to give, you know, the notes to the actors and stuff. And one of the guys in the play was playing this character who got progressively more drunk as the play went on. Mm-hmm. So like at the beginning of the show, at the beginning of the play, he's drinking pretty heavily. And by the end of the play, he's drunk. He's very, very drunk. And wackiness ensues because, you know, drunk, funny. Uh, and wackiness of course, ensues. Of course. So, uh, and so the note that I gave him, and that you have to understand that the guy that I gave the note to is about four or five years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And about a third of the cast, there's a big cast, about 20 people in the show. So about a third of the cast were around my age, maybe a little bit younger. But mm-hmm. there was a there was and this was I was like 40, 41 when I was directing this play. And there were there were people that I had that I'd cast first time uh workers at the factors at the factory who were in their 20s at the time. Okay. Okay. So I give the note. This is the note that I give to this actor because the actor was Paul was his name. So Paul was playing the part uh way too drunk too early. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like about 20 minutes into the play, he was shit faced. And I was like, if he continues at that pace the character will be dead by the end of the play. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? He'd have alcohol poisoning and die. So he was playing too drunk too soon. He had to level it out. He had to pull it back so that he was very drunk by the end. So he was playing it way too drunk too early. So I gave mm-hmm. him the note. I was like, okay, you're playing it a little. I said, here's the deal. Don't foster Brooks it so much. That was the note I gave. I said, don't In foster. What year Bro- was this? It was 17 years ago, 2005-ish. Okay. Maybe. So, and, 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 it, and I was like 40, 41. He was like late 30s or 40 or something like that. So he was around my age. Mm-hmm. But there were a group of people who were in their 20s. And I told him, don't foster Brooks it so much. And he went, oh, okay. And he wrote it down. He got the note. So I move on to the, I'm about to move on to the next note. And I look and I see these looks of absolute confusion from about seven cast members. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the horn. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> they're just so agreeing with me. They're you. just agreeing with me. It's goddamn <laughs> young punks. So, uh, so they kind of, they're looking at me like, huh? With their mouths agape. And I went, oh, uh, you don't know who Foster Brooks is. And they were like, what's a Foster Brooks? I don't understand. And I went, wow. And then, and all the other people in the room who knew my reference, who knew the reference, everybody was like, holy shit, are we old? They didn't know who Foster (laughs) Brooks was. And for those of, do you you know who Foster Brooks is? No. No, because... Yeah, that same, I would be right there with him. Because you were around that age then, right? So 15 yeah. years ago, you would have been, okay. Well, Foster Brooks, when I said, Fo- Foster Brooks, you can look him up, Esmeralda. Foster Brooks was mm-hmm. this stand-up comedian whose entire bit was playing drunk. That was his mm-hmm. whole bit. And he was popular in the 70s when it was hilarious to do that. Um, and he would appear on the the Dean Martin roasts, and he would appear on talk shows. His whole bit was... He was he was drunk. He would go and he'd burp and he'd stutter and go and he was his whole bit was like he couldn't talk because he was loaded. So his whole bit was really drunk all the time. Even though in real life the guy never had a he never drank. Oh, interesting. But, but he made an entire career. His entire career was acting drunk. And Foster Brooks, here's Foster Brooks. He's the comedian who's going to come out and go and act drunk. And nobody knew who Foster Brooks was in that room. And when I gave the note, don't Foster Brooks it so much, <laughs> Paul knew. But then I had to explain to everybody in the room who Foster Brooks was. And so that was one. And again, I'm doing it now because you don't know who Foster Brooks is. Yeah. 
And I'm, I mean, I looked him up and I, I still don't know who the man is. Well, he like, was I've huge. never seen him in my life. He was hugely <laughs> popular in the seventies. And, and when it was, you know, now it's on, you know, it's not politically correct to make fun of drunks. Um, yeah. and, uh, look as a recovering alcoholic myself, I personally think, I personally think Foster Brooks is hilarious personally. <laughs> uh, I grew up watching Foster Brooks. So that was like, I made that reference, but I know exactly what you mean. You made a reference. I made a Foster Brooks reference to a movie, to a room full of people who had no idea who he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. and then you, you either, you, you either have to, it's interesting to like explain it, but then no. Just be like, you know what? I it's let's move on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I was trying to explain, you know, and then like I would, I was like, he was this comedian in the seventies who acted drunk, and they were like, what do you mean he acted drunk? And I'm like, he acted. That was his whole bit. And then they were like, that was it. That's all the guy did. I said yes. All he did was he would show <laughs> but up. It was charming, and he was drunk. He would act drunk, and they're like, how is that a bit? How is that an act? I'm like, I don't know how it was an act, but it was. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Foster fucking Brooks, wake up. So anyway. Oh, um, wow. So yeah. So I'm serious. Real I, quick. Well, well, shit. I felt like I was nice. <laughs> and, 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 and Scott Oaken, my buddy Scott, he wrote the play and he was in it. And as soon as like they started not knowing who Foster Brooks was, I look immediately at Scott because Scott and I love Foster Brooks. Love mm-hmm. him. And we love the old Dean Martin roast, which are so politically incorrect now. And we love to watch the old Dean Martin roast with Rickles and all the you know red buttons and all the other ones. And uh, and so we looked at each other and we were like, we are old men. We are old men. Um, so anyway. <laughs> but yeah, Debbie Gibson's doing a concert for AARP, Esmeralda. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that 50 is the age of whatever old or whatever AARP Yeah. Well, I mean, 50 is, is kind of like, well, I mean, you know, Molly Shannon, by the way, I finished her book. Oh. So good. Good. Uh, Molly Shannon has the Sally O'Malley character. I'm 50. 50 mm-hmm. years old. I mean, that, that whole thing. And 50 is a big age, I guess. You know, when people turn 50, it's, you know, I mean, obviously those, you know, like 40, 50, 30, I guess those are big ages, I guess. But yeah, but yeah 50. AARP. Yeah, but the second, yeah, the second you turn 50, they start, they want you to oh, get on l- their program. Oh, no, no, no. Esmeralda, it happens before that. When oh, I was, well, yeah, I've gotten the stuff, and I'm just like, I don't. This doesn't apply to me. I can't I, yeah, sign I st- up. I Can started I? getting, I started getting it in in my 40s, in my early 40s. And when I was with Heather, my my second my second uh, ex wife, when we were when we we moved in together before we got married, AARP stuff started showing up to her house for the first time because I moved into her place, and mm. she's like, "Why are you Why are you getting AARP?" And she thought it was hilarious. Like she would take pictures of it and post it <laughs> on her social media. Like, look what Nick's getting. She would, you know, blacken out our address and then post that Nick DeGilio is getting AARP stuff. And I was like 41. <laughs> so, so and that was right around the time when I was directing that play. So basically, you know, there you go. Anyway, But yeah, Dibby Gibson, man. And it's for, it's for a good cause. It's, it's, um, for, oh. it's for, uh, brain related, Alzheimer related, uh, illnesses and keeping your brain in shape and raising money for that kind of thing, which is an age thing. You know, obviously. So it's it's for a good cause, and I, and I, you can watch it on uh, on the social media. And if you want to donate, you can donate. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's Debbie Gibson who rules. She's Debbie Gibson. She's awesome. But it just made me feel really old, man. Debbie Gibson, AARP. So, were there any teen idols when you were? Who were the teen idols? Because you was well, it boy bands, right? Around your teenage. Yeah, there was. I mean, New Kids on the Block. 
yeah. was the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was almost out of, I was almost in adulthood or pretty much to the point where like, I don't really pay attention to that when in sync and Backstreet Boys, like that's still, you're still in there, but not really. So not at like, least not, not for me. That was like 99, 2000 is when those guys broke. Mm-hmm. Right and I was time. already yeah. like 18, 19 right. by that time. And it's like, mm, like I'm into it, but not really. Like what Britney broke at that time. and, and uh, Yeah, Britney. Well, Aguilera, it's because Britney's older than me. <laughs> Britney's older than you? Yeah. I thought I always thought she was younger. No, she's older. Oh, okay. I think she's, it might be by like a year or something, but she's, yeah, she's older than I am. And I remember watching her and just thinking that she was way younger. Yeah, she's she's 40. Yeah, she is, isn't she? Wow. Yeah, I thought she was way younger. <laughs> See, now I'm really again. But that's what they do. That's how they that's how they were picturing her is like this young tiny oh, sure. teen. Put her in a put and, her in a, in a Catholic girl scoot, you know, outfit. Yeah, and at, at a certain point she was, but yeah. Wow. I always had the perception that she was way younger than me. Yeah. Okay. Uh anyway, well so uh, Debbie Gibson, AARP. And it wasn't yes. to, for, very long ago that she <laughs> and Tiffany both posed for Playboy. Like tw- like 15 years ago, they were both in Playboy at one point. Well, there you go. See? So um, age ain't nothing but a number. That's right. That's the way I look at it. According to Aaliyah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. That's, uh, that's, uh, I know what the kids listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, there are some kids stuff that I listen to that I, that I like. I like... Uh, Baby Shark? I, what are you, I, some kids stuff? Yeah, no, wow. like, well, it's kids stuff. I don't know what the fuck. Like, the, the girl who had an issue with the DMV, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, she had the... Olivia, yeah. She had that issue with the DMV. Uh, she People like her, um, and uh, I don't quite get it. But I do like Billie Eilish. I think Billie Eilish is enormously talented. I think she's great. Yeah, and she's, great. she's crazy she's, young. Yeah, she's a kid. And, and, I, and I don't think... I mean, I know that this person is older, but... I'm a like a massive fan of Halsey. Now is that a that's a younger that's aimed at younger um, people, she's right? She's in her um yeah. I mean it is. But you know, her age herself, she's Yeah. At least in her late twenties. Well, she's 20s, got I she's believe. married, she's got a kid and stuff, so but but yeah, she's like, in her I late like, 20s. I like her and that's aimed at young people. So I'm not just all you know, it's not all like, you know, Led Zeppelin and although I'd prefer that. Okay, Grandpa. Led Zeppelin and Jim Croce. I'm, a, I'm not. Do you, you know. do you like the do you like that band that's essentially was a Led Zeppelin cover band? Which what do you mean? Because there have been a lot of Led oh, Zeppelin I cover. Forgot bands. their name. No, no, no. They're recent, and they're a bunch of kids. Like oh. they're fairly young. Oh yeah, I can't remember the name. Yeah. Well, listen. If they're I young can't. kids, hey, listen. If young kids are listening to Zeppelin, that makes me happy. Well, yeah, but it was literally, it was just, they were just, it was like a cover band. It didn't even, like, I could understand, oh, yeah, we take our influence from Led Zeppelin. It's like, no, 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 you just they literally covered Zeppelin. changed the words. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, it was okay. it was Led Zeppelin. Well, I mean, with stuff like, you know, there's been a lot of bands that did that, like uh, Darkness from a few years ago. They had a, a few years ago. But... Yeah, but even then, you could tell, this is like, to me, this is a straight ripoff. Uh, Greta Van Fleet. Oh yeah, Greta Van Fleet. Oh fuck those guys. Yeah, no, no. I yeah, no. My friends, my, I have friends who love my my friend Scott, who is you know the the my age who understood the you know the uh, Foster Brooks reference. Uh, he loves Greta Van Fleet. 
a lot of people. Well, yeah, love. because he probably enjoys Led Zeppelin. So do I, but I don't like <laughs> Greta Van Fleet. I, but I love Zeppelin. Uh, so I don't know. But well, I will say this: if it t- here's the thing, if people listen to Greta Van Fleet, Van Fleet, and that gets them to go back and go, oh, Zeppelin. You know what I mean? Like if they yeah, go you back, I hope and, so. I hope so. <laughs> you know, that's like that's like back in you know in the, in the, the late '90s, if. Uh, Someone was into Oasis. I would hope that at some point they would go and buy Sgt. Pepper. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, even though I, mean, I love, even like though I love when, Oasis. <laughs> it's like when Kanye and Rihanna and Paul McCartney had that song, and everyone's like, "Who's this old guy?" Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's so. like I guess he sounds good, but I guess yeah. he'll make it. I guess he'll be <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think he okay. will. <laughs> no, but I'm and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Oasis. I happen to love Oasis. I love them. Yeah, me too. Um, but like when Oasis came out, you know, they were inevitably compared to the Beatles and younger people oh, who, yeah. who, were, who were into Oasis. If that got fans of Oasis to listen to go back and listen to, I don't know, the White Album, that would make me really happy. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then but it's always this thing of like, will it do? I it? would hope I would you hope know, will so. it will it yeah. <laughs> will it? make you go out and explore other things or are you just going to be like oh whatever sounds better yeah it's like okay how did you get in i know you're a huge beatles fan how did you get into the beatles my dad yeah okay my dad played it all the time like we had beatles cds and stuff so yeah i would listen through him and then you know just to grow up and and just listen essentially to um the 94 7 yeah, sure. That used to be the classic rock station. The Drive, man. Wasn't that The Drive? No, The Drive. No, that's 979. 97.9 <laughs> is The Drive, right? Uh 97.1. That's The I Drive. 979 was the loop. Oh, that's the loop. Yeah, Nick. that was the loop, right. Now it's a I Christian know that. pop station. <laughs> I should know that. I should know that. I I was a big loop fanatic back in the day. I was at Disco Demolition. Well, they used to be I think 98. They were before they went digital because it was the Loop 98 because what happened was at D- Disco Demolition the Steve Dahl thing at Comiskey Park, mm-hmm. uh, which turned out to be a, a insane, ridiculous riot. It, in order to get into the game, in, in, to get into the doubleheader at Comiskey, you would bring a disco record and get in for 98 cents. See? See how they did that? Yeah. 98 cents. <laughs> so anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that so you Very got clever. into it because of your because of your your uh, your 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 dad listening to the beat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well. All right. Well, and maybe then that did open doors to other stuff to listen to other stuff. Right. But yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't. Do I would that. hope that they do. It depends. The, the access is so easy now. Like you could go. Oh, you well, can that's go da- the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the access is there. It's just if you're willing. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people aren't. They just want to be spoon fed whatever is in front of them. They don't want to search. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> because right. it's like if you think about it, just in general. Um, we have every, we have all the access at our fingertips on a little computer that we carry around. And people are still dumb as rocks. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Dummies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. You think you can get me to a hospital? I think I broke my ass. That's oh, boy. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, where did you bartend? Did you just bartend at the Brain? Was it the only place you bartended? Yes, I only bartended at Hungry Brain. Hungry Brain, which is a, a mm-hmm. bar, uh, a really terrific bar, bar that I, has a lot of character and really cool. 
Um, I don't go there anymore because I don't drink anymore, but it was a, it's at Belmont near Western. Yes, 2319 West uh, Belmont. Still still running, uh, not by the same people that I worked under. Uh, well, one of them. Dan, the bartender who uh, essentially trained me, is still there. But it's different owners, but it's an owner who was a patron. So they're still keeping gotcha. it going. Gotcha. And uh, I've not been in that area in years. How weird is it that there's no viaduct there anymore? How strange does it look? It's crazy to see because it's all open. And that's God. how I know that area. Um, yeah, there's nowhere to <laughs> there's nowhere to hide because they're, there, you know, because of the viaduct. There's like that little area where you could just kind of. Yeah. Like a nook. Yeah. And right. But you could hide from the cops, which are right there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure uh, they didn't catch on. Uh, right across the street, you can hide right from there. the cop station. But there used to be a theater called the Viaduct, a space, a performance space. Yes, uh, it's now called Constellation. Yes, and but actually and be- owned by the same. Uh, the owner is the same guy who now owns Hungry Brain. Mike well, Green. he he. Um, uh, well, when it was called the Viaduct, I did plays there, um, mm-hmm. and you know was in stuff, directed stuff there. And then we would, that's how I know the brain because when we were done with rehearsals or we were done with the show, we would just walk right around the corner and get loaded at the brain. There you Uh, go. But there you go. I'm sure you have met, you probably had met Dan, the bartender many a time. Probably. (laughs) Uh, Look, yes. I, yeah. He's a mainstay. I I would, no doubt in my mind. um, Yeah. He's a brain mainstay. He's been there for a very long time. (laughs) Did you, in general, did you did you like bartending, and what were some of the things that you did or did not like about bartending? Yeah, no, I I loved bartending, especially that place because that's more of like a shot and beer kind of place. They've actually, yep. I feel that they've updated it a little more. They have cocktails and stuff, um, but I I enjoyed it for the most part. I mean, of course, you get people who are just total, just total assholes, but luckily that where that is. And what the place was kind of uh, filtered out those people. Yeah. So they didn't really like the the bros and the frat guys. Like those people didn't show up. Only sometimes they would because there would be a street fest down the way. Yep, yep, yep. And they'd wandered their way over and realized we we were a bar. But half the time, no one, like unless you knew it was there, like people told you about it and it's like a cool spot, like. That's you got like fairly cool people coming yeah. in. Yeah, um, yeah, it was one of the reasons why I liked hanging out there because I can't stand those kind of those kind of places. The places yeah. that that yeah, I yeah. bartended, I bartended at Ginger's Ale House, which is now AJ Hudson's, mm-hmm. um, on um, Ashland and Grace, and uh, and that was pretty specific for a while. But then it became like uh, a very English slash Irish Oscar or Oscar uh, soccer bar. And so okay. I had to deal with those. I had to deal with those kind of fucking drunks, um, which was not always God. pleasant. I'm talking hooligan. <laughs> we're watching. We're we're watching soccer at six in the morning. Drunks. You know what I mean? That. Yeah. Kinda, um, yeah, yeah. And and then I worked at Ties till four. Luckily, Ooh. I did not work there past two a.m. My shift was. I worked Tuesdays and sometimes on on Thursdays, and my shift was until uh, was until midnight. So, mm-hmm. but I was there because. Ties was a big pool bar, so there were a lot of pool leagues. So I was there, oh, okay. and and dart leagues. So I would work on nights when there were pool and dart people, 
And that was cool. You know what I mean? And that was, it was great because like it was the same people every week. They tipped really well. And there weren't a lot of, not after two o'clock, Ty Still Four, I'm sure you know, was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Well, I had a friend who lived a, like on the corner, right on that corner. Ashland and, Irv, and, and Addison and Ashland. Yeah. Yeah. So he lived right in that corner. So we were always like yep. just here because we'd be hanging out in their house. But we would hear the oh the, yeah the, the hustle and bustle. I used to of go there. I, four. <laughs> I used to go to ties all the time. I used to go to ties all the time. Um, and I you know I I knew the owners. I worked there for Christ's sake, so I would yeah. go there and get loaded. Like I would sometimes my Sunday night shift would be till two a.m. on the air, mm-hmm. and then I'd head over to ties uh, for a while. And then I switched over and went to the Green Mill and drank there. But I bartended there, and then I bartended at Simon's, which is one of the best places to bartend and one of the best bars. Yeah. To so yeah, I, I enjoy that place. Very casual. Yeah. I feel like it has the same hungry brain vibe. Exactly. Kind of- exactly. And I and I hung out at a place called I didn't bartend, but I hung out at a place called Ricochet's in Lincoln Park. Or not Lincoln mm-hmm. Park, Jesus Christ. Lincoln Square. <laughs> Lincoln Square, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a bar that had, you know, Alkies and stuff. It was my kind of bar. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I like the old man. I like the old even when I was in my twenties, I hated going to clubs. I hated going to popular bars. I liked old man let's bet on Jeopardy when it's on bars. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Even when I was in my 20s, I liked old man alcoholic bars. So, but bartending, I mean, yeah, those are right. a good. They're a good bar. I love them because again, I, the this list that we're about to look at, not that many of of not not all the time did we get these gross people. I would get them. <laughs> I would get gross them, behavior. The, the, the place that I would get them the most would be uh, Ginger's when Ginger's started to get popular, like right before I quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Ginger's started out, it was a dive bar. You know what What Ginger's used to be? And it's AJ Hudson's now, but it used to be before it became Ginger's, before this guy, Jamie Hale, who owns it now, uh, mm-hmm. came in and bought it. It used to be called, are you ready for this? And we used to go there because it used to be called Wallabies. Oh, okay. okay. No, wait, it, it gets better, as well. It gets better. We used to go there because uh, I worked at Jewel, uh, the Jewels on Addison and Southport. And after we would finish uh, our shift, sometimes we would walk over to or drive over to Wallabies because it was a dive and it was a shitty bar and everything was cheap. Like you could get shots for two bucks and beers for a buck. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. all my buddies and I that we worked at Jewel, we would finish our shift and we would get shit faced at Wallabies. And it was called Wallabies. And it was like Wallabies, a touch of Australia. And it was this dive dive barely lit they had dartboards and one pool table and it was a, it was a shithole that you would go to just to get cheap drinks and and get drunk mm-hmm. but they had a they had a kangaroo a stuffed kangaroo hanging behind the bar and an empty can of fosters and they didn't serve fosters and that was as australian as they got and they <laughs> they called the place wallabies wow okay so. I was about to, I was, I was almost going to think because, so there's a corner bar here by my house that is owned by Australians and they have a thing, like they have like a no fosters cause they don't like fosters. Yeah. Fosters yeah, is yeah, gross. yeah. Yeah. So I don't know but, where, okay. I don't know what the origin, I don't know why it was called <laughs> wallabies, but maybe at some point it was like a, like a, an authentic Australian bar. But by well, the time. Also maybe they just thought like, Hey, this'll be fun. Yeah. Like people will think it's Australian and yeah. then we'll come in and then, but the, you know, this hole. is all we got. It's a, <laughs> a shithole. Yeah. Here's some old style and some malort. Well, they didn't have malort then, but here's some old style and some rot gut whiskey. Enjoy yourself. 
But then it became Ginger's. And when Ginger started to get popular, I did deal with some of the shit that is in this article. Okay. So what happened is they asked a whole bunch of bartenders what their biggest complaints were. And here's here's one. Are you ready? Yes. Have your order ready when I get to you. Don't ask don't ask people what they want. It just takes up unnecessary time that I don't have. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Especially when you're usually just standing there. Yeah. You're waiting. All that time you were waiting? Yeah. Think of a drink. Yeah. I mean, I would just And then like, also well, to me also if I still don't know what I want, and I do this when I go when I order at restaurants too. Some will be like, I'll have this. Go next. And I'll be like, uh, you go next. Yeah. But I'll yeah, usually yeah, have yeah. it ready by the end. Right. So you wait, you go around the table. Like if you're ordering at a table, you go first. You go, I'll go last. And then yeah, by yeah. the time they by the time they get to you, you've looked at the menu 90 times. You're like, okay, I got it. Yeah. It's it's gonna be like, you know what? I just I gotta bite the bullet and this is what I'm getting. Yeah. Well, the whole like, uh, oh, we got the bartender's attention, especially now. Uh, let me let me just say this. A lot of these uh, complaints. This is on BuzzFeed, of course. A lot of these uh, <laughs> complaints from real bartenders. Th- a lot of these complaints, Esmeralda, you you would say this. A lot of these happen when you're in the weeds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like For the sure. last thing you want, like if you're busy, if you're busting ass back there, let's say there's only you, maybe one other bartender. And- Wait a minute, Nick. For people who are not in the know, <laughs> oh, who never yeah. worked in the food service industry, in the weeds right. means when you're very busy, right? And you're essentially like just too much is going on. Right. Sorry. Too much. Too busy. <laughs> sorry. Okay. I got into the jargon there for a second. I knew you'd understand in the weeds. In the weeds. Yeah. So anyway, when you're busy, you're really busy. You're in the weeds. <laughs> uh, and someone is like, hey, and they finally get your attention and you're over there. And yet, you know, you know that there are a lot of other people that want drinks and they start doing that shit where they're like, um, you know, uh, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And then getting their orders. That is really obnoxious. I leave. I would just leave. I'd be like, you know what? When you get your order together, when you get your shit together, I'll be back to get the drinks. Then I walked away. Right. I would walk away. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, and that's well, okay. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what are, what are some of the other ones that are, that are in here that you remember you hate? Oh, well, the, um, to, to, to your, to your point, uh, one of them is at least this, uh, this complainer, or this this bartender complaining about it. Um, what beers do you have? <laughs> Look at the taps. I'm making a cocktail right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is true. Yep. And but sometimes I will say, I've been at a bar and they don't have anything anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, how yeah. am I supposed to know what? A, where's the beer? <laughs> yep. Which is very annoying. Well, and they, they have to, to find a menu somewhere. No one has the menus out. I'm just like, why are you making this so difficult for me? <laughs> I agree. I agree. If you don't have like a you know, like a like a a little uh, signboard on the bar, like the little plastic uh, signs on the bar, yeah, or a menu, or like a blackboard, which some bars have. Mm-hmm. Uh, then yes, you're going to have to deal with that because, and that's the that's the fault of the bar owner. Like you should, or their taps are all blank. Yeah, when they're just fancy pants and they just have steel, whatever they don't have, like the brands or anything. Yeah, that's always so annoying. It's so annoying. I, I totally agree. <laughs> But like, if somebody did say that, like to me, like at Ginger's, you could see the taps. They 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 prided themselves on having all kinds of beers from different, especially from the UK yeah. and, and Ireland uh, and Scotland. They would have a bunch of beers, so they'd have the taps and they would have a board. So people are like, what do you got on? What what kind of beers you have? I would just go. Why is over there? 
And I would point to the board and point to the taps and go, yeah. I'll see you. I'll see you in 10 minutes. And then I'd walk away <laughs> like, fuck you. you- yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, the one the one that I remember the worst, and, and this is everyone's. And to this day, I do not. I see people do it. and I'm like, nope. You are, oh, you're going to be waiting a while. What's that? Uh, Don't wave your hand. Oh. Even with money. Mm. No. Don't wave. Don't whistle. Don't. Nothing. Bang on the bar. Bang on the bar. Nothing. Uh, Okay. All right. Okay. So the the, the waving and the waving with the money is kind of annoying. Uh, Oh, I don't. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. I'm not a dog. Right. I I have a system how I'm getting people. And you're going to be last now. Okay. Well, here's and now my breaking point. I would not with the waving, you know, the waving and the waving of the money was mm-hmm. annoying. Was annoying, and I'd be like, mm, okay, all right. But if you fucking whistle at me, you're not getting anything from me. You that was the that was the boy that was the breaking point for me. If you hey, yeah. if you whistle, fuck you. You're the last person mm-hmm. I'm going to serve. That's it. And I would say that. I'd be like, you don't whistle to me. Yeah. That, you know, I would. You don't. You're going to whistle. What? What? Am, you know, like you said, I'm not a dog. So the waving of the hand and the money, that was annoying, but the whistle was the, that was the one where, you know, you're not getting a drink from me. That's it. You're not. Exactly. Um, oh. Yeah. That one, that, ugh. And to this day, I see people doing it. I'm like, mm-mm. Oh. Know. You know, the way I would do it, and I, and I still do this, I either make eye contact. Yep. Like, as they're walking, I just make eye, and I'm like, hi. Um, and then I also just have my money or credit card or whatever, just in my hand, like mm-hmm. near my, above the bar. So they yep. see that I have stuff, yep. but I'm not like, Ooh, hey, yep. Ooh. Yep. no, no. Just, you know, I mean, it's just <laughs> common sense. All right. How about this? Another bartender says, don't touch my shit. Like the shakers or whatever. You said, oh yeah. Oh my God. Or if You're... there's fruit out, oh. I touch them. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not how this works. Everybody. No, and they would like read like do that's not an, touch it. That's another like especially nowadays. Re- no, no shit. But it's like it's like people reaching Ooh. out. I think I'll have an olive. No, you won't have an olive. No, no, no. <laughs> Order some olives, and I will give you some olives. And I will give you the olives. Don't reach in, you know, and grab fruit. <sighs> yeah, no, completely gross. Um, like who does that? This is not a salad bar. No, exactly. Fucking idiots. Uh, how about this? Don't stand in front of my service wells. Servers need their drinks, um, and you're in the way. Yes, service wells. They're, especially if you work yeah. in a place that has cocktail waiters and cocktail waitresses, they need to get there. They need to get their drinks. They need to make place their orders, and they need to move. They need that. Cl- they need that clear. And people right. don't understand that. Yes. Or if it's just a door to leave. Yeah. Like the little. The little thing the where you swing have to, up, it's like the, I have to the, leave from here. Yeah, get <laughs> off the bar. This the door that swings upward, and you crawl mm-hmm. over. Yeah, but yeah, but like standing in where the servers are, and then not moving, and that's usually where, by the way, where the drink mats and the fruit and the olives are. You know, yes. that's that's usually where you keep the straws. And people will stand there. They'll pick up a straw and stick it in their mouth. They'll pull a cherry out and eat it. Like what the? No, no, no. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was no, going to no, say, go ahead. Do you ever have to cut anybody off? No. No. I never. I don't think anybody. I mean, at least on when I was around, I never saw anybody that bad. Mm-hmm. That to the point where I'd be like, "Nope, we're done." <laughs> I had to cut off a guy that I went to grade school with. 
<laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I'm not kidding, my best friend when I was a little kid. And I had to cut him off at Ginger's. Yeah. Had, yep. Had to cut him off. Uh, and his older brother was with him. And, uh, and he was completely wasted. And I was like, I can't serve you anymore, man. I mean, you know. But and he's like, wait, wait we're, we're best friends, and I'm like, just you know, <laughs> like, sorry, buddy, I can't, trying to help you out. <laughs> I can't do it, dude. I really can't. So anyway, I actually had to cut off one of my best friends who came in loaded um, mm. from a Shane McGowan show. He was that. That's why he was loaded. He was at a Shane McGowan show, so that was mm. his excuse. You know, I'm going to see a member of the Pogues, therefore I have to be loaded. So this okay. was at Ginger's as well. He shows up. My buddy Steve was his name. Uh, he's an actor. And he showed up. And I didn't know he was completely shit-faced. And mm. he comes up and he orders a Guinness and a shot of Jameson. You know, because he just saw Shane McGowan. You know what I mean? <laughs> so suddenly, he's a German guy. So suddenly, he's Irish. And he ordered Guinness and a shot of Jameson <laughs> because he just saw Shane McGowan at the Metro. So he comes in. He sits down. I didn't know he was that shit-faced. And so, and, and you know, he always used to drink Guinness. So I got him a Guinness and then a shot of Jameson. And then, like, I realized, like, he can't, he can't talk. And he's trying to take off his jacket, and he's so- sopping wet. And, and, there's no, and it wasn't raining. Okay. And I'm like, what? And then I'm looking at him, and, he, and I'm sopping wet. And he's trying to take his coat off. And then I go, what the fuck happened to you? And he's like, uh, Shin McGowan. Uh- so, like, that was his excuse. Like, I'm <laughs> dripping wet because I was at Shane McGowan. So no. he peels off his coat. And he's just drunk. And I'm like, oh, shit, I should not have served him this. You know, maybe yeah. he'll drink. He'll, maybe he'll just like drink it a little bit and, 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 and he'll leave. He won't cause a problem, you know. And so I look and there's like something on his glasses. He was wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. There was something on the lens of his glasses. And I'm like, what's on your glasses? And he just kind of without even doing anything, he can just kind of wipe the end of the glass. And he goes, gum. And that was it. <laughs> so he had. <laughs> wow. Wow. Piece, piece of gum stuck to his glasses. So, and I'm like, oh shit, this is, you know, hopefully he'll just be quiet. He's loaded and he'll leave. Right. And he walked up. Not to even the ju- drink the thing. He just walks. Away. Yes. <laughs> so he gets up and he walks to the jukebox. And at that point I dump his Jameson. Okay. So I, mm-hmm. I dump his Jameson out. And then like, if he's going to ask him to say you drank it, you know what I mean? So I dumped mm-hmm. his Jameson out. Maybe I did it. Maybe I did the <laughs> I don't remember, but I remember getting rid of it. <laughs> So he goes up to the, to the jukebox and there's a woman waiting at the jukebox or, or playing songs in the jukebox. And mm-hmm. so he starts going, hey, hurry up. Get the fuck out of here. Pick your stupid ass songs. You know, and he's like screaming, I need, to play some, I need to play some Pogues. Fucking play your Alanis Morissette when you get home. You know, that kind of shit. Oh, and so I was like, okay, that's it. So I'm like, hey, and I came out from behind the bar and I'm like, dude, you got to go. You got to go. And I took away his beer. You got to go, fuck you. And he starts screaming at me. <laughs> and so we put his coat on and I put him out outside. Okay. Now he's standing mm-hmm. in front of the bar on the corner. This is at Ashland and Grace. And there used to be Kitty Corner. There used to be a, um, a video store. This is how long ago it was. There was a VHS like video store across mm-hmm. the street. And he's standing out there loaded. And so I call a cab and I'm like, all right, I'm going to call a cab and get this guy home. Cause he didn't have, you know, he was fucking completely annihilated. So he's standing out on the corner screaming at people. And then, like, somebody walked out, and I, and I was going to go out there to tell him, you, st- you got to stay out here. You can't come back to the bar, but I have a cab coming, you know? Mm-hmm. So I open up the door, and I peek my head out, and there's a guy coming out across the street from the video store with some videos, you know? And mm-hmm. my friend who's loaded goes, those movies suck! <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> so the cab pulls up. I open up the door, and the cab driver's like, oh, shit. Because, you know, I pour this guy into the cab, and I took money out of my tip jar, and I gave the guy 25 bucks. I was, And he lived mm-hmm. like, he lived probably, it was like a $4 cab ride. And I gave the guy out of my <laughs> tip jar, I gave him 25 bucks because I knew that this was a pain in the ass to have, you know, this kind of drunk in your car. Yeah, a little bit, so, yeah. So I pour my friend in there because shame we got fuck you those movies suck you know so I pour him into the back of the cab and I go here dude here's your here I go and I tipped him really well obviously twenty five bucks I'm like please just get this guy home kick him out of your cab in front of his front just so he's in front of his house the guy's like all right cab driver <laughs> and as I close the door and they start to pull away I hear the cab driver say all right where to and my friend in the back of the cab this is the last I heard man back of the cab goes to my fucking house and that was it. <laughs> Oh boy! Never had some. You never had to do something like that to one of your friends, Esmeralda. No, <laughs> no, no, I haven't. <laughs> oh man! How about this? If you are, if friends come in, this is one that's mm-hmm. on here. If you're a friend and you know me, don't pressure me to give you a free drink. I'll try to do what I can. Has anybody ever done that? Expected free drinks? No. Thankfully, my mm-hmm. friends aren't buttholes. Um. <laughs> But that's because that's how you're supposed to play it. You're not supposed to ask for them. That's like everything in life. Don't if you know somebody has something that you know that they can just get. Don't ask for it, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I feel like you shouldn't ask because they will just give it to you. Yeah, because I, they will t- see, I totally, oh, you're being cool. You're being nice. Yeah, I you totally agree. Drinks. I totally agree. If you if you know what I mean, don't ask for a free drink. I totally agree. How about this? Don't pick up and help yourself to my bitters. Now, who would do that? Does no. anybody have- Nothing. No. No, because they couldn't, at least for us, they couldn't see it. So, but no, don't touch anything. It's none of that's yours. Mm-hmm. None of that is yours to be touching. Did, now, <laughs> let me ask you this. Was there a night that you did extraordinarily well behind the bar? Was there one night that you can remember like, man, I made a mint? Was there one night where you really... Um, We had, so we had some events. We had... um. Uh, events on Mondays and Tuesdays and one of them was this um uh like a drama like a radio drama and uh rest in peace his uh the the found the, the guy who started oh, yeah. it yeah 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 he... yeah 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 had you oh. had you been or did you remember I, yeah no 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 I know exactly what you're talking about yes I know exactly what you're talking about and I I was there I I had been there for that at some point yes yeah. So they were um oh it was uh, called Stiff Investigations. Yeah. I know exactly what you Um and those were because a lot of the people that were in the radio drama were industry people. Absolutely. So then that those industry people would bring <laughs> in their industry people. Yeah. So then and then everyone when you're in indus- in industry you are you tip well. Yep. You tip very well. Absolutely. And there's a lot of drinkers yeah. and it, we just and it was crazy. It was just packed the whole way through yep. just one after the other after the other after the other doing shots left and right left and right so we made so much money on those nights it was great you just mentioned it industry people that's you know when yeah. when when industry people would come in there was an understanding none of any of the stuff that we just talked about esmeralda ever happened mm-hmm. if industry people were in the room never oh no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, It'd be the no, greatest night because exactly. you're just like everybody is cool yep. and everybody they're, knows they they are they're they're doing everything that they that they should do when ordering drinks. 
They are not only tipping very well, but they are drinking a lot, as industry people <laughs> tend to do. Um, and like if maybe you get somebody like if you're a late night thing, you know, like w- one of the great things about like working at a place like the mill was that you got mm-hmm. a lot of industry people because after two o'clock, a lot of bars yeah. that you work at close. Like I used to go there when I bartended at uh, at um, Simon's. We'd close at two. Mm-hmm. I'd go over to the mill. You yeah, know? same. And we all knew each other and all that stuff. So, yeah. So, but, but yeah, banging on the bar, ordering the stuff. Now, I, I when I was a bartending, there were no phones. But now people are talking on their phone while they're ordering, which is just rude you know i hate that i hate it even when you're just anywhere like i like when they have signs if you go to a coffee shop a lot of times they'll be like finish your phone call before you come up here (laughs) absolutely it's it's and if i am if i am on the phone i usually i'll just go hold on (laughs) i'll put the phone down yeah and then do what i'm doing yeah don't make the person wait who who you're who you're who you're asking service from Make the person mm-hmm. on the other end of the, if you're having a conversation, that person on the other end of the conversation has to wait or you yes. call them back or call exactly. them back. It's yes. just common courtesy for Christ's sake. Yeah. That's a lot of this is just being polite yeah. and nice. Which when liquor's involved, that goes out the window sometimes. Oh, and then it's probably tenfold if they're already assholes. Yes. And then there is alcohol in. Yes. Oh, it was the worst. Yeah. It is. The My worst. favorites are, and this is on the list too, is like, oh, this drink isn't strong enough. Oh. Can you, no ice? Yeah. Can you add double the, it's like, yeah, that's double the price. Right. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> you want more liquor, you're going to pay for it. <sighs> yeah. There's, this isn't strong enough. Well, I'm sorry, but you know, I poured, I measured it. So fuck off. You know? Yeah, also, I mean- there's that. So people make cocktails. Yeah. Where they're supposed to taste good. You're not supposed to just taste yeah, alcohol. Exactly. It, there's a reason. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <sighs> well, I yeah. don't know. Right. Well, bartending, it's a thing. It's it's a sport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. And uh, it's fun. It, sometimes it's really, it, co- yeah. it was really fun. But then there were those nights where it's just like, you can all hey. go die in a ditch. It's, hey, it's like the Osmond says, one bad apple, baby. Like Donny Osmond yeah. used to say. But it so. does spoil the whole book. It does. It does. It's true. Because oh, you God. get that, you get the, the, the bad, the, the bad customer and then you're just kind of, it almost spoils. The whole night. The whole night. So yeah. don't, don't, don't do be that. that bad customer. Just be a good don't. person. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, as always a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we want people to be a part of the podcast, don't we? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Leave a voicemail message at 773-417-6948. If you have any bartender adventure stories on either end of the bar, oh, 773-417-6948. Yeah. Drop us an email, uh, nickdpodcast at gmail.com, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Jason Skaggs, who, who does all the music and the and the sounds. And check us out at radiomisfits.com and wherever uh, a platform that you get it. Rate and review us and check out all the other uh, great podcasts on Radio Misfits. Uh, dot com and we will talk to you on uh tuesday dan feinberg yes. is going to talk tv very uh, nice with us and esmeralda you'll be back and hopefully mm-hmm. um i i will not be banging on the bar or whistling <laughs> well if you do you're not getting service so <laughs> damn it you're okay. not no one's getting you anything it's a good thing i quit drinking there you go. well not uh, even a glass of water nothing of that no and i want ice in my water so uh, anyway, um, <laughs> all right. It's a Nick D podcast. Thank you so much for listening on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and uh, we will see you next time. <laughs>